Paul Thorpe. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Pete Reese. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. A date for your diary. FA Cup 10th anniversary season, a Legends game played at the DW Stadium on Sunday, May the 14th, 10 years and three days after that fateful evening in London. The benefactor of, of this particular Legends game is Joseph Skull Charity. If you recall, Joseph was the mascot in our FA Cup triumph. In the build-up to this great occasion, the organisers have decided to release a player per day as they announce the team going forward. And we've got the honour of announcing the manager. The players already announced are Sean Maloney, Ben Watson and Callum McManaman. So the man of the match, the goal scorer and the assister. And we're going to announce the guy who's going to be managing the legends on that evening. And it's none other than the guy who managed Wigan Athletic to the FA Cup triumph, Mr. Roberto Martinez. Full on week of celebration, I've no doubt. And this will uh, crown that week. Brilliant stuff to look forward to. If you think about the goal, McManaman won the corner. Could have been a penalty. Maloney put that excellent corner in and Watson flicked it in and I was behind that goal. What a fantastic feeling that was. The greatest day of many of our lives, weren't it? A lot of people class that as the greatest day of their life. Just brilliant to relive it. I relive it every chance I get. It's going to be a good occasion, this. Also, another announcement to make. The PWU podcast is actually hosting a quiz night in Whelan's Save the Date. Thursday, the 13th of April, and this quiz, particular quiz night is in conjunction with Latic Supporters Club, official supporters club, that is, benefiting the Community Trust, specifically the Extra Time Hub, which looks after older people within the borough, provides meetings and games and outings twice a week, every week throughout the year. It's a fantastic initiative and more than happy to support this by uh, hosting the quiz. Thursday, the 13th of April, fantastic prizes, including the uh, first prize for the winning team of £100 cash. Not cheque, not electronic transfer, but actual cash. So that's something going to be really worth in Ster- Sterling, Barrett. In Sterling. Sterling. All info for this is on the Supporters Club website. Massive news breaking. On Sunday, we spoke about Birmingham City the possibility of a points deduction. Breaking today, Reading have fallen foul of DFL by breaking conditions that were laid down on a suspended points deduction that they received last year. And according to sources, that's newspaper sources, they're at the moment discussing this points deduction, which will apply this season. Rumoured to be six points, and it'll put them right in the mix of the relegation battle. Still about, I think, seven, seven points ahead of us or something. Only pulls them in the mix if they have a collapse of form. That's one of them. <laughs> well, they, they have and they haven't. I mean, if you look back at the last points since January and February, they're averaging about 1.2 points a game or something. I mean, they carry on like that. They're not going to be in any trouble. The six points will take them to 38 points. We've got to play them yet. And I think they play you know, one or two other clubs down there as well. So they could find themselves in, in the mix quite easily. When we play them second last game, would you rather they were already safe? Or would you rather they were still fighting? Well, it depends how so close we were. If it was within two <laughs> points of them, 
I'd sooner they weren't safe because then we could mm-hmm. go and beat them and jump over them, couldn't we? Yeah. I think it's also worth noting that we still have a suspended points deduction as well. I think our point suspension is similar for an EFL plan that they've put out. And if we go in breach of that, then we get a suspended three points deduction. Obviously, that'll no, no longer be suspended. So we, we also need to be careful and not fall into that EFL trap. Well, to avoid that trap, Charlie, last week it was announced that we've had an £8 million investment. And I wonder if that is to safeguard against that happening. Yeah, I think there's a few interesting things about that level of investment because it's for the purchase of uh, newly issued shares. I think the interesting thing about that, particularly from from our point of view of fans, is that this isn't a loan. It might be converting existing loans into equity, but what it effectively does is ties the owner's money into the club. That's a much, in my view, a much better way of people demonstrating their commitment to a football club than 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 lending the money, no matter what the the, the terms of that. Uh, loan agreement might be. Another thing that's interesting is the amount, 8 million. If this is meant for a certain period of time, which it could be, it perhaps gives a little clue of how much we're short on our wage bill every month. By coincidence, I think when the Whelans were in charge, they were short of, uh, they were, or they were putting in three quarters of a million pounds every month, which amounts to 8 million pounds a year. The last owner, Stanley Choi, and so on, they were putting in, I think, a million pounds a month, which was 12 million pounds a year. It gives a little clue, perhaps, as to where we are. We've got owners there who are putting money in. They're committing money to the club. Unless they sell the club, there's no prospect of them getting that money back. So you've got to think that that's their long-term plan. But eight million quid is quite a substantial sum of money, and it might be interesting to see in the future what the likelihood of them getting that money back is, because as a League One club, that is possibly more unlikely to happen. I think they want us to stay in the championship, and they're going to do everything they can to keep us there. On the back of what Pete said, he's spot on. There's different ways of raising revenue, and for a club, it's better if it's in the form of shares rather than loans you've seen all the issues particularly with Derby in terms of loans the interesting thing is is it that they've converted loans into shares or are they just additional shares it doesn't really matter in terms of its effect because it is giving us some liquidity and I think an 8 million budget that's the loss essentially isn't it and if you think about it we talked about Preston last week and I think their shortfall was 16 million you know, I think we're being financially prudent, but that's why we're bottom of the league, because that budget, it's going to ensure that we've got longevity as a club, but it might not be quite enough to compete at championship level. However, what we have got that some of the other sides don't have is an excellent academy, and that academy can make up for that loss, because if you sell one of those players a year, that then tops up what you've then got available to spend. So I think our pathway at the moment, and Maloney's buying into this, is to get those youth players into the first team. Monday night, Swansea and Rotherham played. I watched the game with interest. Rotherham got a point, won a piece. Swansea put in one of the worst performances I've seen all season. They were absolutely awful. Rotherham, they look like a, a, a team who can battle. I'm, I'm sure by the time we play Swansea, they'll, they'll have got their act together, as, as tends to happen. But I, I won't hold any fear about playing them at the moment. They were booed off. They stunk, to be honest with you. They stunk. Uh, so I've seen two really poor sides this last week in Preston and, and Swansea. We've not managed to beat any of them this season, have we? Yeah, I think it, it, it says quite a lot about where we are, doesn't it? I mean, Preston were, were awful. 
and managed to get something out of the match against us. Swansea managed to draw against a team that are battling down at the bottom, although they didn't play well. We're going to have a much better idea of where we're going to finish, I think, over the next few games, because there are matches coming up now where we really, really need to pick up points. And one of them is Saturday. We've got Birmingham City in town, where we're going to instigate Operation Blue Nose. We saw against Preston what a good atmosphere can do. That first half, we was I thought we was quite good in the first half there up at Deepdale. Hopefully we can get a few people down, banging a drum, singing the songs for one o'clock on Saturday at the corner of the Eastern uh, South Stands, getting them players buzzing before they get into the into the game. And I know there's one or two, shall we say, likely lads coming down as well. So hopefully it's going to generate some good atmosphere before the game starts and then during the game as well. I know Birmingham are planning, I think they've sold about 2,500 tickets, so it should be a good atmosphere. I've spoken with Craig from the Tilton Talk podcast, trying get some information off him about what is exactly going on both on and off the pitch at Birmingham City. So let's have a little listen to how that went. Very pleased to say from Tilton Talk podcast, I'm joined by Craig. How are you doing, Craig? I'm good. Looking forward to the weekend. So am I. Two teams not in the best of form. It's two teams that desperately need the wins. So really, I think they'll come at each other and it should make it enjoyable for all of the fans going. Looking at your recent form, you've lost your last four games. Quickly run through the results. Lost a tone to Cardiff 2-0 lost away at Uddersfield 2-1 took a beating at Norwich 3-1 recently on Saturday you lost uh, against Luton is it useless Eustace or uh, is John Eustace still revered there's a mixture in terms of the fan base at the moment. You, there are people that are already calling for his head and, and others such as myself and, and the whole of the crew on Talk and Talk that are supporting Eustace. It's it's more around the background of the club that is definitely rubbing off on both the fans and, and the players at the moment. He can turn it around. He's shown it before Christmas, the results that he can get out of the same team. So it's time to, to bring back that form. Was he back in the transfer market in January? No. Uh, I mean, from our perspective, we had nothing to spend in, in January. We did a very good piece of business with Longello. He was a loan signing from West Ham, and then we made that permanent in January. And for me, that, that was a brilliant signing. We obviously brought in Long as well from Burnley. He's coming to the defence, and now that he's got a few games behind him, he's playing a lot better. We could have desperately done with a striker, especially with the fact that we've had the injuries uh, and ongoing injuries now. So I, I believe he can keep us up and if he is backed he can do a he can do a good job he is a very good coach and really good motivator but you mentioned there about strikers you've got three cracking strikers that I'd have thought in in uh, Scott Organ and Djokovic but how frustrating are you about Troy Deeney because I know he's a he's a, a blue nose isn't he he's a big he fan is. and he's, he's only come late in his career to join you is he a player you'd have liked to perhaps five years ago would have loved him in his prime uh, when he came to the club all the hype was there around him joining us and being that that person that could take us the next level. There's parts of the fan base that I think to themselves actually since he's come, things have gone the opposite direction. But he, he is on the field. He is a true motivator for the existing players, but also the youngsters that are coming through. He's, you know, you can see him putting his arm around them and giving them the support they need if they're having a, a bad time, but also he G's them up. So I think that fact that he, his family are all Birmingham fans is the big thing. You know, he's got the tattoo on his leg. He's He's never been afraid that when he scored the goals, especially against our friends the other side of the city, you know, it was the first thing that he showed to them and made sure they knew. He's got still some things to prove. And I think, you know, for me, yes, he's in the twilight of his career, but he can 
still do a few things. He's not going to score hundreds of goals, but he can just be there to help and support. We're missing him at the moment. He's injured. He's out for a few weeks. So we are missing him from that point of view. But I'm sure we'll be back before the season ends. Them three players I mentioned, though, they've got 21 goals between them in the Championship. Yeah. But I know Scott Hogan's been struggling. Has he been out injured? Hogan was out injured. Djukovic has tended to spend a lot of time on the bench. But the thing with, with Hogan is if you give him the support and you give him the ball, he will go and he will score goals. He was doing it at the start of the season and he, you know every opportunity seemed to just go in on off different angles and he was he was he was superb to serve especially when we played West Brom scored a hat trick at the Hawthorns and he single-handedly demolished them he was just unplayable but at the moment we play differing formations where we're not giving him the ball we're not giving him the support that he needs if he does strike up that little bit of uh, I suppose a rapport with Djukovic at the moment Duke's brilliant in the air if Hogan can run onto those we'll score a few more goals. But they, they don't play together all the time. So I think it's just like, you know, new players coming into the club. They've got a gel first. It will come. It will come. Well, let's hope it doesn't come on Saturday. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're 19th at the moment. Got a bit of a cushion between us and, and uh, yourselves. You're going to be coming to the DW. Do you think you'll be coming to, to be on the offensive to, to win or will you be coming to, to see if you can snatch a draw? I think, to be honest, they'll start off and, and there will be that air of apprehension in the team. They're on this run at the moment of losses. They want to get out of that at the weekend there was a lot of frustration you could sense it in the team and the players have had words they are now beginning to fight for each other's corners and i i hope actually we see a little bit of that coming through uh, on on Saturday, we have definitely got a better away form than home form. The away following as well. Last came we were just shy of about two two thousand three hundred, maybe a little bit more than that now that are, are making the journey. So they'll certainly make a, a bit of noise, and it's it's one that when we do get behind that team, they they can pull out the performances. We did it at Swansea, and we've done it at the start of the season away from home. So I hope that that does continue. Give us a prediction then. My, my heart is going to say that Birmingham are, are, are going to win. I said on our podcast last night that I thought it would be 2-0. If I'm thinking with my head, it'll be a draw. We've got two teams that neither of them want to lose. So it's either going to be a very open, high-scoring game or or we're going to have a dull and boring nil-nil. But now I'll stick with my 2-0 to Birmingham prediction. Before I let you go, I've just got to to mention your your off-the-field stuff that's going on at the moment. And I think most of the football league feel sorry with Birmingham fans with, you know, what you've been through over the past few seasons. We've been through something similar ourselves what's the latest and, and are you hoping to get new owners in desperately hoping to to get people through the door I think it's it's one that's not going to happen overnight you know we're, we're not like the likes of, of Coventry who seem to have got new owners and that swapped over within the space of a couple of weeks for us and the involvement of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange which is what we do have it's more a couple of years for a, for a full ownership change but there are interested parties there are people talking at the moment at the club Jeremy Dale be leading a consortium. He's a Birmingham fan. He's got links to the city. He's got fantastic links abroad for finance and hopefully his consortium can take this over the over the line we just missed out with Paul Richardson and Maxi Lopez we don't want to miss out again I, I fear that if we don't get investment and see the end of the current Chinese ownership then we may well be in trouble I would never say never to administration but I just feel as though our owners at the moment won't let it happen because of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange listing but we wait and see it's a tough time as a Birmingham fan you guys have been through it you, you know what we're experiencing and I think it's fair to say the EFL haven't really helped either of us out in any any shape or form. They've got a lot of things to 
to learn. We've got this fan-led review being led by the government and stuff at the moment. That, to me, is a huge plus point for every team, from grassroots up to Premier League. Uh, and, you know, if they come in, that, that should see the end of things like the administration and the bad running of club. We you know the window. Oh, yeah. I really hope it comes in. Our owner who ditched us was, was Chinese from the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. We know exactly where you're coming from with that. And we just wish you the best of luck and, and hope it's a positive outcome. Thank you very much for joining us, Craig. I know you're coming up on Saturday. Enjoy. And hopefully we'll see you in the beer festival after the game as well. Yes, it'll all be before or afterwards, but I am there. Cheers, Craig. Thank you. Thank you. The main takeaway I got from Craig talking there was when he said, we are two teams who are desperately needing wins and I can't disagree with him at all. We obviously need the wins because we are bottom of the championship. And if we do get three points, that puts us on 34 points from 34 games. We still have a game in hand on them, but then obviously with their points deduction, it is entirely possible that we can really drag them into this and obviously try and get something. And I just looked at the... Because they've played 34 games so far, so obviously 17 and 17. The opening 17 games, they got 23 points from six wins, five draws and six losses. They scored 18, conceded 15, so they're on the right side of it. And it was a bit of a sticky start to the season, but it was something good to build off. But they've had a bit of a collapse in this second half of the season because they only picked up 15 points from the next 17. Four wins, three draws and 10 losses. They scored 20, but they conceded 31. So they're starting to concede double what they conceded at the start of the season. Over the last six games, they have won two, lost four, and obviously failed to draw. They've scored eight, conceded 11, and just kept the one clean sheet. They're on a four-game losing streak at the minute. Most recently, they lost to Cardiff City 2-0. They lost to Huddersfield Town 2-1. lost to Norwich City 3-1. And then they lost to Luton Town most recently 1-0. Away from home this season, their form hasn't been as good as the home form but it's it's still quite close they've played 16 on the road won five drawn three lost eight scored 18 and conceded 25 they're just a team that's struggling to to try and get wins they're not the worst team in the league by any stretch and they've got the best goal difference in the bottom seven with minus eight got good players in there as well i'd say that the number one who to watch is 30 year old scott hogan he's irish center forward played 29 so far this season and he's got his 10th goal troy Deeney is also a, a very good striker but he is out injured and he won't be taking part in this one i think he's got a hamstring injury that will keep him out for, for some weeks. But then Tahit Chong is Dutch, 23 years old, a right winger, 27 games played so far this season, three goals and four draws. And he's on loan from Manchester United. They also have Hannibal Mabry on loan from Manchester United as well. He's Tunisian, a centre attacking mid, 20 years old, played 28 this season, scored one goal and got five assists. So he's definitely a key player for them. But John Eustace is trying his best with this squad. We really need to try and capitalise on, on their bit of a downward trajectory now for the second half of the season and drag them right into this. Potential scout we can take here looking at that form that Charlie's just described. The players seem to be listening to Sean Maloney. We, you know, we were quite critical of our team, both in defence and attack against Preston. I think they're going to be taking on board what he's saying to them. And I think we're going to see improvements at both ends of the pitch. And I, I do fancy us to be able to turn them over there. Right, we'll have a ref watch for the visit of Birmingham City on Saturday. The referee will be Steve Martin from Staffordshire. And he was appointed to the EFL at the start of the 2012-13 season and to the select group two a year later. Steve Martin's refereed 13 Latics games so far. And the last one was away at Shrewsbury on the last day of last season. He's refereed Birmingham in their 1-0 home defeat to Hull on the 30th of December. Steve Martin has refereed 25 games so far this season. 18 of those have been in the championship. Card watch is issued 113 yellows, three reds, and he's given two penalties. That's Steve Martin, who will be your referee for the visit of Birmingham City on Saturday. So let's look at some previous. We've met Birmingham on 26 occasions. 
got the better of it with 10 wins, 9 draws and 7 defeats. The first meeting was a game that changed the course of our history. FA Cup, third round tie away at St Andrews. It was a 4-0 defeat, but we had lots of credibility and we were endorsed, I believe, by Ralph Ramsey. So we've not lost against them in the last four. One draw and three wins. The game that sticks out for me, and it might be quite pertinent because it was also in a season where we were fighting relegation, was the game, I think, in March of 2011 when a 93rd minute right foot winner from Maynard Figueroa dragged Birmingham into the relegation dogfight. Birmingham were relegated on the last day of the season whilst Latic stayed up with a win against Stoke City. They lost at Spurs, didn't they, that day, Birmingham? I seem to remember. Pavlichenko. They went into free-fall, didn't they, after the Carling Cup final because they were nowhere near it at that point. We got relegated after we won a cup as well. But also as well, that shows, doesn't it, that a side that's out of form and there's that gap, like Reading, could get sucked into it. I always have a soft spot for Birmingham due to that, that game you're talking about, Adam, that FA Cup tie. Trevor Francis, two goals, Keith Birching, two goals. When I, when I saw Trevor Francis playing that game, I, I left that ground in absolute awe. I've never seen a player live of his ability. He was just, for me, the greatest player on God's earth at that time. I just, it blew me away. He was absolutely superb. Trevor Francis was the first million pound player. He was. Well, was he? Oh. Or, or did he cost nine? 199,099 pence yeah. because that's what Brian Clough claimed, wasn't it? He didn't pay him. Oh, yeah, pounds. yeah, that's yeah, you're right there. Yeah, the Wigan Birmingham game that stands out for me was the 4 0 home win in August of 2014. For two reasons one, I left Orlando the night before and came straight to the game, and two, we got all excited at winning 4 0 and thought, hey, we're doing all right this year. We ended up relegated. That was James MacArthur's last game for us as well, weren't it? We sold him to Crystal Palace after that game. If you like, favourite memory of, of playing Birmingham City at home. Can't remember the exact year. I think it was the early 1990s. Um, we had Darren Patterson playing for us and and, and yeah. so on. And I think we got a 1-1 draw. But do you know what's interesting for me about that was I remember on that day thinking, Birmingham City, what a massive club. We can't aspire in you know what was the third division to be anything like a team like that we're never going to beat teams like this at home and it just shows how far we've come over 30 something years now under the supervision of, of Dave Whelan particularly that we're not only matching those clubs that we've uh, surpassed them at times oh. Right we'll go through some predictions then I'll start <laughs> us off are we going to win? Yeah 2-0 that's my prediction Wigan Athletic 2 Birmingham City 0 This is it's not just an opportunity I'm very pleased with the way Sean Maloney's approaching things as, as a manager. I still, like everybody else, probably know, we know that we're lacking quality, but I can see uh, improvement. But it's not it's not linear. It's going to go up and down, but I can see an improvement from the Preston match, and I think we're going to do them 2-0. I said the last couple of games, I think we're going to win 3-1, and if Sean Maloney decides that Tom Pierce is probably the way to go on the left wing, get some crosses in that box and get somebody in there who can actually finish them off, I think we definitely will, and we're going to beat them 3-1. It's a bit like the Huddersfield game. It's a must-win. And I think in the second half, you know, that day, we were very nervous in the first half, but in the second half, we really stood up to it. So I think it will be nervy early on, but I think we'll get a couple of goals in the second half and win 2-0. Maloney has been using his subs very well this season. 
think the absolute key is that we come out of it with belief intact, which obviously three points will do, but if we don't get three points, we've got to come out of it with belief intact. Pete says we've got a couple of games coming up where we play West Brom and Coventry, mid-table teams, like better mid-table teams. If we could get points from there and get ourselves on a par, then we can pick the points up from the lower teams later on in the thing, and we'll be laughing. I'll go with 2 deal home win. Oh, so the five of us, four of us have gone for 2-0. Weekend fixtures. If we look at the table, we're bottom, followed by Blackpool in 23rd, Huddersfield 22nd, Cardiff 21st, Rotherham 20th and Birmingham are in 19th. The fixtures as they line up, Blackpool play Burnley, Cardiff, Bristol City, Huddersfield v Coventry, Reading who are in a little bit of trouble with the points deduction, they travel to Middlesbrough and Rotherham play QPR. We'll be back on Sunday to have a reaction to everything that happened on Saturday against Birmingham City and we'll be looking forward to the West Brom game in the week. So until then, it's a goodbye from me and up the ticks. Come on! Great atmosphere away at Deepdale. Yeah, pity about the results, but I thought the fans really fired the lads up. They did. We'll need that again this weekend. Right, it's a massive game Saturday against Birmingham. We need to get behind the team again. Another fans rally? I'm up for it. Let's get down there early and make some noise as they arrive. Let's get some light the lads down as well. Get that drum banging. This is our club, our team, our lads. We're in this together. Come on! Come on!